0: gonna do an interview with Ray Comfort. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be amazing. And uh, we're we're gonna be prudent. We're gonna go fast, real fast. But uh, this is gonna be good, real good. For those of you that don't know who I'm imitating, Dana Carve used to do President George Bush Sr. sounded a, a little like this. So, Just going to do a little imitation. Hope it's not too corny, but I like corny. Corny's okay, as long as it's clean corny. So, hope you enjoy. Do you do your own makeup for the the film and the lighting? No, God did this. What's up, everybody? Today, I am super, super stoked. I'm excited because, like I just told Ray, I never thought I'd actually be on this side of asking the questions, raising the hot seat today. So, um, this is a good thing. Uh, with these kind of questions, I want Ray in the hot seat, not me. Um, so with that said, uh, I'm going to do a small intro and, um, I know Ray comfort doesn't need any introductions, but I'm going to give it a shot and it's going to go quick cause we don't have a whole lot of time and I really want to get into the nitty gritty of this.
1: So could I just say something? Yeah, please. Could you just simply refer to me as your holiness?
0: Okay, yes. Little h. Yes, little h. Little h. (laughs) All right, so we're not going to capitalize that. But So Ray was born in New Zealand because I'm sure a lot of you guys thought he was from Alabama or something. But no, he is from New Zealand. And um, he came here in 1989. I've always wondered, Ray, um, what was it that – what. What did the Lord, how did he call you here in 1989? So you were already preaching and, and sharing the gospel in 89 in New Zealand, and you you were doing a lot of that, but you got called here in 89. And what was the reason for that?
1: Yeah, I was, uh, I was teaching in Hawaii. Somebody has to do it. Uh, to go, <laughs> oh, wow. Sacrificing regularly. for the ministry. Suffering. And uh, <laughs> a pastor from Southern California sat in and heard the teaching And he disagreed at first. He just thought, that's not biblical. But he studied it and according to Scripture and changed his mind, and he started calling me in New Zealand, just chatting and chatting. And uh, one day he said, our church would like to sponsor you to come and base your ministry in Southern California. Wow. And I already knew that was going to happen one day. And then over three days, 13 different strange things happened to confirm we were in the right direction. So we packed up and took my little family and came and lived in Southern California to rough it again. So was that a a Calvary Chapel? Yeah, it was a Calvary Chapel church, and I was a Calvary Chapel pastor for many years. They made me pastor of evangelism, if there's any such thing, (laughs) and I just itinerated from there, which was just such a blessing, and uh, God bless that pastor for doing that.
0: That's amazing, Um, and I do want to say, God, it's always a good thing when God confirms things because— we want to make sure that we're we're in we're doing what God wants us to do and not what we want to do. Because trust me, yes. I've been there. Yeah, I've been there. And when it's your way, it never works out. It You've been to New Zealand, ever. did you say? No, yeah. <laughs> not now I haven't. I think it's a little bit on a little lockdown going on over there. Yeah, it does not um, Yeah, just a, a wee bit. So Ray is also the founder of uh, Living Waters. And so the transition between pastoral and Living Waters, how did that happen?
1: Living Waters was started in 1974. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, back in New Zealand. So we just carried it over. Oh know? okay, very. We cool. sold our house and got about a million tracks printed in Singapore. It was a five hundred thousand, and that established us uh, since we got over here to make tracks available as I traveled. And nice, just exploded. There...
0: Do you still have some of those original tracks?
1: Yes, I do actually.
0: Nice. <laughs> We're gonna have to get a hold of those and show you guys what they look like definitely see he's rummaging through the drawer there it is look at that full yeah, color
1: that was printed in singapore back in 1989
0: those remind me of the tracks that said this this was your life yeah chick uh, yeah chick. chick there you go chick. yep those were I, I used to like reading those when i was a kid a lot so oh, um right. well, they, they are, had right? a whole bunch of them yeah um okay so i'm gonna kind of Go through this. Look, like I always say, without my notes, I would be totally, totally lost. And uh, who knows what would end up uh, with this interview. So he also um, started. You started Way of the Master. Was that you by yourself or Kirk Cameron as well?
1: Frozen. Whoops, you came back. Uh, okay, there right. I came back. For a second. It's the small okay, so, in California.
0: So way, uh, way of the Master. I know that you and Kirk uh, did that. But did you start that or both of you guys did?
1: Well, I wrote a book uh, called I can't remember what's called. Hold it was on. just on uh, um, biblical yeah principles of biblical etiquette. Uh, one of those chapters uh, is entitled uh, "The Way of the Master." So we just grabbed that and used it for the name of our television program.
0: Which, by the way, I highly suggest anybody go watch that. It's great. It's amazing. Um, I liked it. We all like it. The family does. Um, and and they do address. Uh, pertinent pertinent issues that as believers we we do face every day too um and your movies are amazing the cool thing is for anyone i'm going to link all this stuff below but um you can go watch the movies on the living waters website and i highly recommend you do that because they're really really good he's done 180 as in the days of noah which i have to say is probably one of my favorite ones Evolution versus God, and a whole slew of other ones. I know I missed a whole bunch of stuff on the intro. I know I skipped things. Um, question, though, I, do, I don't want to skip over this. How long have you been going to Huntington Beach and sharing the gospel there?
1: Uh, most Saturdays for 14 years.
0: Okay. And you're still able to do that now?
1: Yeah. I, I, I held back for a while when they taped it up, uh, but I started going there. And just with social distancing, I have a microphone about six, seven feet from me. And standing on my soapbox, and it's been going really good.
0: Good, good. Praise God. That's always amazing to. Uh, I've been down there to watch you. I don't ever want to interrupt because I know I'd probably get raised wrath. I don't want raised wrath.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a Ray. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So um, before we get into the nitty gritty of things, let's pray. Let's do that first. All right. Lord, we thank you so much for this beautiful day. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be able to uh, talk about you and talk about issues. And we pray, Father, God, that whoever is listening, Lord, would be strengthened, challenged, blessed. And if those that don't know you and are listening, that they may come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Father, bless our time and our fellowship in Jesus name. Amen. 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 All right. So I'd like to know, you weren't always a believer, and I would really like to know for others to hear, too, if you could bless us with uh, your testimony.
1: I'll squeeze it up. Please do. Yeah, I, I was very happy as an arm, Christian. Very fulfilled, <laughs> uh, loving life, had my own business. Uh, when I was 20 years old, I used to have a combined surf shop and a leather gear shop, and I used to make leather jackets to order for people, custom leather jackets or uh, fringe jackets like cowboys wear and stuff like that. They'd come in, and they could have a jacket in an hour and three quarters from the measure up to when they walked wow. out with a fringe jacket. So I did that, but the, the one thing that bothered me was the fact death kind of makes everything stupid. And I remember mm-hmm. thinking, this is ridiculous. All this big <laughs> happiness bubble I'm getting, this a sharp pin of reality is going to come and burst it. My wife could die. mum and dad die. I could die. My dog could die. It's just ridiculous. It didn't make sense. It was like I was in a line. People stepping off a thousand-foot cliff, and I was leaning out of the line saying, I wonder if I can get out of this line. And one night I wept at the futility of life. It was kind of a Solomon experience, where Solomon said, mm. Vanity, vanity, all is vanity like chasing the wind. And uh, that night I just cried out, why, from the depth of my heart. And I didn't realize it, but God had heard my cry. I wasn't even praying. It was just like, why? Yeah. And uh, six months later I came to Christ, read the verse and. Um, Sermon on the Mount, you've heard it said by them of old, you shall not commit adultery. And I thought to myself, well, if there's a heaven, I'll make it there because I've never committed adultery. And then I read the words of Jesus, but I say to you, whoever looks upon a woman to lust for her has committed adultery already with her in his heart. It was like an arrow went to my chest. I thought, I'm at it, I'm done. If God's seen my thought life and seen my sexual imaginations, I'm in big trouble. It's like every guy. Uh, just burning with uh, unlawful sexual desire. And, and that's when I understood Christ died on the cross for my sins. I had the disease. He was the cure. I had sinned. He was my sin bearer. And that night I repented, put my faith in Jesus, and was made a brand new creature in Christ. Went back to my home after the surfing trip. i have been away for three days, been married for about six months, left my wife to go on this trip. Came back a new creature, uh, exploding with absolute joy and gratitude that God had taken me out of death and given me everlasting life. So I began printing gospel tracts. I got a printing press put at my home. I had a billboard put in the front of my home. I purchased a big bus and put scripture around the bus and 14 inch high lettering. Um, on my business, I'd put John chapter three verses one to verse 16 and three inch high professional sign writing. I had posters on the door, Uh, I'd witnessed everybody I I, I spoke to. I'd give out gospel tracts. And I put a soapbox in the heart of our city and began preaching. If anyone could be considered a fanatic in those days was me. Nowadays, I'm much worse. (laughs) Um, I'm shouting it from the housetops. I will not keep quiet about what God has done through the cross. and uh, I love people and the thought of any, anybody. Ending up in hell horrifies me. It takes my breath away, and that's my motivation for sharing the gospel. I'm not out to convert atheists or talk anyone into anything or get a notch on my belt or proselytize. I just want everyone to have an everlasting life, and uh, that's yeah. my motivation.
0: So, um, I'm kind of go out. I'm going to go out on a whim here. Not a whim, but just a little off topic. So, <clears throat> brand new believer. And obviously, um, you had this thirst and this hunger to share Jesus Christ with everyone around you. Uh, you didn't have as many answers, obviously, and you, haven't, you, didn't, you weren't as mature in your faith back then as you are now. So how did you address that? Um, were you ever fearful? If someone asks me a question and I don't have the answer, how did you process that? How did you go about that?
1: It didn't really worry me because the woman at the well hadn't been to a seminary. She just went out and shared what had happened. The guy that was healed of his blindness from birth, he said, I don't know if this man's a sinner. One thing I do know, once I was blind, now I see. And so the man with an experience is not at the mercy of a man with an argument. Someone wisely once said that. So I had my experience. I was made a new creature. I love the Lord. And no atheist is going to talk me out of that. No yeah. atheist could talk me out of having a relationship with my wife. You can't say your wife doesn't exist. I say like, go away, you know. <laughs> and so my, my, um, my faith is established on the experience of knowing God. This is eternal life. that They might know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Of course, Amen. there are issues that still bother me. I don't, I don't have a problem with the issue of suffering, but I have a problem with the issue of why doesn't God stop uh, suffering? Why is there so much pain and all these things that continue to go on? And godly people get cancer and God doesn't, you know, relieve them. They, they, get, they, they die and things like that. Um, they worry me, but I conquer them by faith. I just trust the Lord. Like a little kid doesn't know why his dad does certain things, but he just holds his hand. And uh, Spurgeon once said, faith may swim where reason may only paddle.
0: Hmm.
1: And it's such a good thought. I just relax in the Lord, say, Father, I don't understand these things, but I trust you. Do you know how many uh, cells are in the human body?
0: I know a lot, so I'm not going to even try and guess. Yeah, 70
1: trillion. The the guy that counted them said there's 70 trillion. (laughs) Do you know how many (laughs) atoms are in the average cell, according to Washington State University scientists? Well, I'll tell you. They say 100 trillion atoms in every cell, and there's 70 trillion cells in the body. So if you want to find out how many atoms make up your body, um, it's 70 trillion times 100 trillion which right. is a kind of big number and every one of those atoms was placed there by God in a certain direction so that you would be you well when you understand that God can do that then he can handle things that i can't understand but i, mean, I yeah. can't even figure out how my phone works you know i can <laughs> i can Skype or FaceTime my sister in New Zealand at the speed of light and there's there's no wires if there were wires i could work it out yeah uh, but i just use it and say i don't understand it but i use it and it's the same with my with the Lord. a lot of things i don't understand but the bible says trust in the lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding because we're so feeble in our understanding
0: so do you still is that something that uh every now and then that thought comes into your mind about things you don't understand because i'm going to be honest there are things i think i have to uh say i relate to that there's obviously um as believers you know um we take the Word of God, um, a lot of it by faith, um, because there are things I don't understand. I don't comprehend in my finite mind. And uh, just like you said, you know, for example, the book of Job, it's a great book, but it's it's still, even to this day as I've read it, you know, I don't question the Lord because God is God. And, you know, like Job said, you know, should we take good and not adversity from the Lord? Um, but at the same time, it just makes us wonder, not wonder, but yeah. Why, why do these things happen? I try not to get hung up on these things because the enemy can use that and just, uh, really mess you up. But, um, how do you combat that? Do you, if a thought like that or the, or that thought process wants to start, do you, um, recall scripture to your mind?
1: Yeah, just like the verse I said, trust God with all your heart, lean not your your understanding. You know what encourages me uh, beyond words, Acts 28:23. 23, uh, the apostle Paul had people come to him daily, and, uh, and he soberly reasoned with them about Jesus, and it says this, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets. So the apostle Paul evangelized using both the law of Moses, which brings the knowledge of sin but out of the prophets, uh, because the prophets establish the credibility of Scripture. Prophecy Mm -hmm. uh, shows us that the Bible is God's word. No one knows the future. I mean, the forecasters think they do. It's supposed to be 105 tomorrow, I think, Mm -hmm. in Southern California in this area. Let's see if they hit it. It's probably going to be 102. They just take a stand. They take a guess, but only God knows the future. I'm going to tell you what me and my wife do uh, when it comes to football. Rugby. We watch a lot of rugby, which is very, very similar to American rugby, although it's completely different. Um, they throw the ball backwards Got instead that. of forwards. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we always, when our favourite team is coming up to play, we check the score before we watch it. You know why? Because we don't like getting stressed. And if our team loses, it stresses us. I mean, we think we're oh, going down. Look at that. But when you know the future, when you see the end result when there's a score from the other team and the whole opposition roar and they high-five each other so and i just sit there and smile because we know the end result and we've got tremendous peace and joy in knowing that and so when you look at scripture you know the end from the beginning we win we're more than conquerors that's right and when the whole world high fives because they're doing good in the era of abortion homosexuality adultery fornication pornography they're giving themselves to sin and say we're winning we don't fret ourselves because of evil evildoers. We smile because we know the end result, and we want them to be involved on our team. We don't want to see them as the ultimate losers and end up damned in hell. And so these things balance out suffering. So I don't understand that, but I do understand this. Right. We're going to win. We're going to triumph over this whole thing. God knows how many. God created the cells and the atoms in my body. He knows what he's doing. His mind is a bit cleverer than mine. He made my brain. So how could I begin to understand the mind of the Lord and what He's doing? Absolutely. You know, I've gone through certain sufferings. Uh, I had a kidney stone about a year ago. Man, that painful. A lot of women have had children. They put on my Facebook page, and on my YouTube channel, comments. I've had five children, nowhere near as painful as a kidney stone. Uh, And God didn't deliver me. It cost $100,000 insurance company to remove that thing after four surgeries. Um, I won't give you details, but man, it was very, very painful. And God didn't deliver me. He took me through it. He took me through the Red Sea. He took me into the lion's den, because God's purposes aren't like ours. If I'd been the Lord on the edge of the Red Sea, I would have, you know, I don't know what I would not have taken Israel to the Red Sea, but He did. His purposes right. are beyond ours. He shut the mouth of the lions. And when Jesus is on the cross, no doubt all those that stood around the cross were saying, Oh God, deliver him. Deliver him. You know, send your angels, do a miracle. And God didn't. Why? Because yeah. his purpose wasn't to deliver Jesus. It was to deliver you and I from the power of death.
0: Yeah. And so
1: his purposes are way above our purposes. And scriptures tells tell us that that as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are God's ways higher than higher our than ours. So verses like that. Uh, comfort me, for want of a better word, uh, when we go through trials, that God knows what he's doing and all things are working together for good to those that love God and according, according to his purposes.
0: Amen. Cool. So that's... So drink
1: plenty of water. <laughs> and, 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 exercise. Uh, and exercise. And exercise. And vinegar. And uh, that dissolves... Um, kidney uh, stones. Kidney stones. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: you get I drink an exercise. ocean every day, buddy. Your dog even goes on rides with you, uh, with your yes, bike, right? Sam, yeah, every day. There you go. There he is. I <laughs> love it. Love it.
1: Yeah. Um, it's, he gets me interviews. I can, with Sam on my bike, wearing sunglasses, I can just ride in the midst of any group of people. I'm an absolute stranger. And I just go and stop. And the first thing to do is say, hey, I love your dog. Hey, <laughs> what's his name? And as they pat him, I say, vicious. And that makes them laugh. It's, 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 like snakes. me, like that. And then just say, hey, I got a YouTube channel 130 million views anyone want to come on camera tell me what you think happens after you die what do you think is there an afterlife and Sam is my bait when I go fishing for men if you want to beat strangers get a dog put sunglasses on him. the sunglasses have got little elastic under there and behind there to hold it on <laughs> so he had not got any choice uh, but he loves it get the glasses out and he salivates
0: okay and how long so, did it tell you how long did it take to plan that because I know a lot of planning went into that, right?
1: <laughs> well, it was actually an accident. He used to ride, run along my, beside my bike, and one day he got inordinately tired. I thought, mm. oh, well, dog years are different than our years. He's getting on. He can't keep up with my bike. So I scooped him up. He's about 25 pounds, and held him when I rode an extra half mile. And by the time I got there, my arm was like stiff. And was so tired. <laughs> and, I, and Sam just loved riding my bike with me. I thought, hey, I'm going to make him a platform. So I made a platform, and then I thought, well, why should i be wearing sunglasses and he not i mean this is southern california the sun's bright (laughs) and the the air is blowing in his eyes so i put glasses on him, and every day for the last two years almost every day women have called out how cute and i always call back and so is the dog and uh, (laughs) i get such a buzz from that and it makes people laugh when i call that too so for
0: those of you that can't tell um ray comfort has a great sense of humor all right, moving along because or else we're not going to get through any out. of this. <laughs> okay, so um, I do want to get into a couple of these uh, questions and issues that I know that you'll, you'll like to address. Um, so we're commanded by the Lord to go and make disciples of all nations. I want to read um, Matthew twenty eight eighteen to 20. It says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and I, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So, is that a suggestion or a command? Because I've heard it said, well, evangelism isn't my gift. And so, a lot of believers shy away from sharing the gospel, Um, I've even had uh, someone tell me I don't share Jesus at work because I'm embarrassed to. And I've got a couple verses that I could share, but I'm not going to. Um, So are we commanded to share the gospel? Are we commanded to evangelize? I mean, to be evangelist to one degree or another.
1: Yeah, the command, the Great Commission, is actually a reproach on human nature. It's a very sad thing that Jesus had to command us to take the message of everlasting life to dying humanity. It's like a doctor finds a cure to cancer and someone says, I command you to take that to people who are dying. He shouldn't be commanded. He has a moral obligation. And so we have a moral obligation. So we should run uh, towards the irksome task of evangelism, as Spurgeon called it. You know, David ran toward the Goliath uh, uh, that was facing him and taunting him. And evangelism is an irksome task. It is a Goliath, uh, but love will do that if we care. I often say to people, uh, could I ever get you to jump into a pond that's filled with icy water, so cold, big chunks of ice that will kill you in three minutes? I say, never. So let's see a four-year-old boy fell into that pond, and it was four feet, just over four feet deep, and he's drowning. And so I jump in without hesitation. You wouldn't care mm. about your flesh. You just jump in and save that kid and pull him out. And... Love will do that. Love cannot let a child drown. And so the the waters of personal evangelism are icy cold. Uh, But the Bible says perfect love casts out all fear. So if you're fearful to share your faith, don't pray for less fear. Pray for more love because Mm. that's the problem. It's love that helps me conquer my fears. And I have to tell you, I have a problem with fear every time I got to share the gospel. Uh, There's something in me that says, oh, you know, this is scary. Every little old lady uh, looks like a Goliath every Zacchaeus becomes a Goliath when I determined to go witness to them But my fears are never realized. I mean I have not been killed by sharing the gospel I preached open air thousands of times only once I've been beaten up and that was by a woman It was completely my fault because of what I said to her um, We live in America where 80 I think 87 percent of Americans want under God kept in the Pledge of Allegiance. So we've we're we're pretty pretty hard to get persecuted in our country. I've never heard of anyone being burned at the stake or stoned to yeah, death in right. our country. So we shouldn't be fearful. All we're worried about is rejection. Let me just close with a um, this portion with a quote from Charles Spurgeon. He sure. said, Have you no wish for others to be saved? Then you're not saved yourself. Be sure of that. Wow.
0: Yeah, and see, those are things we need to reflect on. I mean, really, um, <laughs> I... I used to get into these uh, these discussions at, with coworkers at work, and um, it actually is something that I think every believer needs to do because it makes you it makes you get into the Bible more and know the Bible too. Um, it's it's a two way road. It, it um, it's definitely something that is lacking in the life of many believers, and I think our country would look very different. Uh, if as believers we would take that seriously, and um, with that said, this is going to kind of springboard into something I've always wondered. I think I've heard you talk about this a couple times. Um, so through the decades, uh, we've had numerous crusades, okay, evangelistic crusades, and I'm I'm talking specifically here in the states, and. We've had I'd have to say millions of um, professions of faith uh, conversions. Yet the thing that's always puzzled me is why does our country look so different. Um, We we literally have churches on every street corner in America. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out you can turn on the news or read the headlines and see that we're hurting big time and um, so my question is What? where is the what, what happened there I mean um, there's a disconnect between what we've seen and so are they true conversions or not you know um, I, I lean to the fact that
1: a lot of them weren't um, yeah you know someone should have noticed that we've got say 350 million people in the US and we've got like 400 million who have come to Christ. They should have noticed. That's right, yep. You know, there's something wrong here. And what's wrong is that uh, we've got a book out that you can get free from livingwaters.com called, and we'll pay the shipping. God has a wonderful plan for your life, and it's got a picture of Stephen. Oh, there you are. Stephen being stoned to death on the front. We
0: didn't didn't plan this, by the way, but these are books that I have. These are great.
1: (laughs) It's a free book. Um, And it gives the statistics of those Uh, mass crusades where music was used to draw people out uh, where every eye is closed and head bowed. Nobody is watching you and psychological manipulation to have people come forward because there's a God-shaped vacuum in your heart. And Mm -hmm. God has a wonderful plan for your life. And it's been a gospel that can't be backed up biblically. Um, If you think God has a wonderful plan for your life, tell Stephen about it as he's been stoned to death or James as his head is being taken off by Herod. Or John the Baptist, as he was decapitated. Or the apostles that each were murdered for their faith, except for, for John. Or yeah. Fox's Book of Martyrs. And you'll see the, the foundation of the church is soaked in blood. Yeah. And so the promise of Christianity is not uh, a bed of roses. It's a bed of thorns. We enter the kingdom of God through much tribulation. I was happy before I was a Christian, and I didn't know problems until I became a Christian. But God says, <laughs> you'll be persecuted for Christ You'll we'll enter the kingdom of God through much tribulation. You'll have temptations every corner. Every woman is, uh, um, is part of his wife. Your own heart is pulling you to do that which is wrong. Satan's tempting you. And uh, we have afflictions on every every way. And yet God says uh, it's going to work for your good. He's going to establish, strengthen, and settle us. So the promise of Christianity is not a smooth flight, as someone once said, but a safe landing. And I'd rather have a safe landing with a bumpy flight, than a smooth flight and get killed.
0: That's right. That's a good <laughs> way of putting so, uh,
1: it. so Our message to the world is, no, come to Jesus. He'll make you happy. No, the message is come to Jesus. He'll make you right and save you. He'll give you righteousness and save you from the wrath to come. Those that come for that motive won't fall away. They're fit for the kingdom. Those who come from ha- for happiness will be disillusioned and fall away because the message they were told is erroneous and not biblical.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So um, I just wonder- got to say
1: something. I got to say Go something. almost every atheist I meet admits after a few minutes that he's once asked Jesus into his heart. Almost every atheist. It's uncanny. How many are like that? And I said, well, you know, the Bible mentions you. You're like a dog that returns to the vomit. You're like a pig that goes back to wallowing in the mire. I said, you know why a pig goes back into the filth and rolls in it? It's not because he's a filthy animal. He's, he does it to cool his flesh. And if you have a false conversion, you're not, your old flesh, your old nature is not crucified with Christ. It's still alive, and you have to go back to the world, the mud, to cool your flesh because it's burning. Yeah. And so we've got multitudes that have came through the door of, come through the door of false conversion, and they need to come through the straight gate of knowing sin is exceedingly sinful and finding a place of biblical repentance.
0: So, um, in the interest of time, let's just go there. I'm not going to even cover any of the other questions. Um, that'll have to be for another time prayerfully. Um, so you, you bring people, um, back to the law. You, you know, I, and I've, I've shared the, I've shared Jesus Christ with other people and the way that I've learned also to, to share uh, Christ is one of the methods, and I don't like to say method, but it's it's really the truth. When you're asking people, <clears throat> why should Jesus Christ or you know let you into heaven? Well, I'm a, I'm a good person, and um, you always bring them back to show them that not them, but all of us, we're just wretched. We're we're not good people at all, and so. Why don't you go through that with us, really, because I'm sure there's uh, <clears throat> people that are going to be watching this and they're, they're thinking to themselves, hey, I'm a good person. You know, even as believers, there are people that are duped, that are going to church and they, they think they've got it all figured out. But at the end of the day, it's not about works. And so why don't you share with us what, what that really means? If someone says, hey, Ray, I'm a good person, what would you respond to that?
1: Yeah, I I imitate Jesus. People often credit me with that certain principle of evangelism, but I stole it from Jesus, Mark 10, verse 17, where the rich young ruler ran to Jesus and knelt down and said, Good Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? We often say, Boy, he was a nice young man, but I don't think he was. I think he was very wicked. I think he was self-righteous. He was a liar and a thief. You can say, Why is that? You know, everyone speaks nicely of him because he said, I've kept these from my youth. Well, one thing that (laughs) Jesus said change my attitude to that rich young ruler when jesus firstly reproved his understanding of the word good he said there's none good but god and then he gave him the 10 commandments to show him what good is it means moral perfection he threw something in there that a lot of people don't notice he said extort not just right in the middle of the commandments extort not extortion is when you steal something from someone often subtly so they don't even know about it why did jesus toss that in there and then he said, go sell all your goods, give to the poor, follow me, and you shall have riches in heaven. I believe it was because he was an extortionist. He was a thief. He would stolen from people, and that's how he gained his riches as a young man. And Jesus was saying, go sell all your goods, give to those you stole from. Because we know the way of salvation doesn't come from selling all your goods, giving to the poor, and you're finding everlasting life. That means a poor man who owns, owns a donkey All he has to do is sell his donkey, that's all he owns, and he finds everlasting life in exchange. Or a multi-billionaire has to get rid of all his billions, and so he's disqualified more than the poor man. We know that salvation can't be purchased. Purchased is a free gift, so obviously something is going on. But the reason Jesus gave him the commandments was to show him he had sinned, and that's what helped me on the night of my conversion. When I meet someone who says, I'm a good person, I say, well, let's go through the commandments and see how you're going to do on Judgment Day. You know those speed, big speedometers they have on highways and on freeways mm-hmm. saying you're going 55 and it's a 40-mile-an-hour limit? I say, why do you think they have those? And they say, well, just to show us how much we're transgressing. I say, that's right. I'm going to give you a moral speedometer that you can see how much you're sinning against God. You think you're a good person. How many lies have you told? Have you ever stolen something? Ever use God's name in vain, which is a sin that's so wicked, the Bible says it's punishable by death. We wouldn't use our mother's name as a cuss word, and yet we that's take right. the holy name of our Creator and exchange it for the filth word to express disgust, the word that begins with S. That's we equate the two when we blaspheme God's name. And then the one that got me, whoever looks on a woman to lust, has committed adultery in his heart. I've heard guys say to me, You know, if you study that verse, it doesn't mean you can't lust after women. It's talking about lusting after married women. Oh, so we'll say, <laughs> let's follow that thought. When you look at a group of women, how do you sort out who's single and who's married? You can lust after the single one, but someone's married. Or when you look at a, uh, a pornographic site, it's okay to lust after the single woman, but they're married. How are going to know the difference. Do you go up to a woman you want to lust after and say, ma'am, excuse me, you married? <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> Okay. Not married, oh, you know, (laughs) it's insane. Jesus said, if you look with lust, commit adultery in your heart, period. That's how high God's standard is. And if you judge yourself as I did, and God's going to bring all those sexual imaginations out, and the deeds done in darkness out on judgment day, you're going to be damned and justly for your sins.
0: That's right.
1: God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. He's rich in mercy, and he provided a savior in Jesus. We broke God's law. Jesus paid the fine. That's why he said it is finished. And often I say to sinners, if you're in court and someone pays you fine, even though you're guilty, a judge can let you go. Justice can be done because someone paid you fine and you can go. Mercy can be extended. And God can extend his mercy towards us because justice fell upon Jesus on that cross. And then he rose from the dead, defeated death. And if you'll simply repent of sin and trust in Jesus for eternity, God will remit your sins in an instant. That's right. That's the motive for coming to Christ. I'm a sinner. I've sinned against God. Not to find a wonderful new life that God offers, uh, which isn't true. When Nathan came to David, who had committed adultery and broken the seventh commandment and broken the sixth, all the commandments, he didn't talk about a wonderful plan. He said, "Why have you despised the commandment of the Lord?" And David said, "I've sinned against heaven." And that's the that's the approach that sinners should come to the cross, saying, "I've sinned against heaven." I need God's
0: mercy. Yeah. Amen. Um, I couldn't have said it better myself. And I've heard um, you liken the Lord to, obviously he is, he's a just God. He's loving. And this is what I tell people too. Um, God is love because we hear a lot of pastors now preach on just the love of God. God is love. And he is, that's one, that's one, um, Side uh, of of him is love, but he's equally just and righteous as well. And um, the word picture that you used to, many times is if you're going, you know, ninety miles an hour in a twenty-five where kids are, and you get arrested and you go before a judge. A good judge is gonna throw the law. At you. He's gonna throw the book at you, and. Um, But Jesus is the one that took our place where right before the verdict is handed over and you're going to go to jail, you know, someone comes in and says, I'll take the penalty for him. And that's exactly what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. And I, I, you know, I, I never like to leave that out because it really gets to the it gets down to really the heart of God and how much he loves us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's willing, you know, that he he took our place on that. That should be us, really. We deserve death. We don't deserve anything good. God doesn't owe us anything. Um so before we're before we finish up, because I think our time is up, um, in I want just to get your quick thoughts, hopefully quick. Um, in the movie that you guys did called um, As in the Days of Noah, that's taken from <clears throat> Matthew chapter twenty four. When the Lord is telling his disciples the things that are about to come on the earth um, in the end days, you said we live in a world as Noah did, where people are ignoring the warning of the gospel. They're eating, drinking and given in marriage. So I, I don't think um, it takes much to look around and see that uh, we're in those days. Do you believe that we are living in days such as the days of Noah?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, There's a sense of horror of what's going on, but at the same time, there's a sense of excitement that uh, all this is going to end. We know the end from the beginning. And, you know, we contend to get a little down about the bad things that are happening, but Jesus said, when you see these things come to pass, look up, don't look down. Look up for your redemption is near. And it's very close, Jerusalem. We've got Jerusalem back in the hands of the Jews. We've got all the signs, the end of the age. We've got lawlessness abounding. Uh, and it certainly is God's law and man's law. Look yeah. what's happening in our country lawlessness. People are using that word, and it's the biblical word to use. We've got scoffers saying, Where's the promise of this coming? These signs have always been around. When they do that, they're fulfilling Bible prophecy. The Bible says, Don't be deceived of this one thing. The day of the Lord is a thousand years to us, and God isn't slack concerning His promise. He's patiently waiting, no willing that any should perish and all should come to repentance. One thing that excites me is that I can be part of biblical prophecy. And so can you and so can any Christian. Jesus said, the gospel must be preached and then shall the end come. So when you share your faith, you are hastening the coming of Christ. You are fulfilling Bible prophecy. You're being part of prophecy. So share the gospel while we still have the liberty to do so.
0: Amen. So would you mind doing that? Would you mind telling people what Jesus Christ did for us? I just did. You did, right? Okay, so there. Go back, rewind, and watch the entire video. So there's probably a lot of people that um, don't know Jesus, and uh, there's a lot of hopelessness. I keep saying this over and over in our videos. There's a lot of hopelessness. Suicide rates are through the roof, um, and uh, people just don't have hope. And as Ray just said, which he mentioned and shared the gospel, there's hope only found in Jesus Christ apart from that. There is no hope. Um, Ray, would you mind leading us in a prayer for those yeah, that be, want to ask Jesus honest. Christ? That'd oh, be great. God.
1: Father, we can't express our gratitude to you for uh, invading this evil and dark world with the glorious light of the gospel. And you've saved us from death. you heard our cry, those of us who are saved. And our heart breaks at the multitudes that are still in the shadow of death. We pray that you would uh, raise up laborers, that we would boldly go forth and take the gospel. You'd give us opportunity and give us wisdom, give us the, uh, the wisdom and the way to take this glorious gospel to those who are still sitting in the shadow of death. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Ray,
0: thanks so much. I appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, Ray Comfort, amazing. He's learning how to use his phone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I uh, had to I'm throw that it. in there. You got a good sense of humor. It's okay. Take it. you, <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank take you. care. Cool. Well, I hope you guys were encouraged, blessed, and challenged with Ray Comfort's message. Um, I know it blessed me huge. It was almost like I was just sitting there um, at a um, one-on-one sermon. It was great. A lot of good um, information in there. I'm going to go ahead. Link everything up in the description, the books. He said you could get this one for free. And they'll pay the shipping if you want it. So I'm going to get, again, I'm going to link. I'll put the name of it. And the other one is called The Way of the Master. Great book. Highly suggest it too. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, Until the next one, you guys take care. God bless.